You are listening to the weekly sermon from Elevation Community Church in Blanchester, Ohio. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Phil Nelson. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit myelevationcc.org. Thank you, Father, for loving us so much. You love us. You, You deeply love us that you sent your son not only to die for us, but to live a life that we could never live without sin. To be tempted in every way. To feel deeply like we feel. To grieve deeply. To understand what anguish and desperation feels like. Jesus, you gave it all on the cross. You took the weight. You took the punishment of my sin to where the Father had to turn his face away. You did it for us. And now you are our living hope. And next week we celebrate with all believers that you are alive. And you defeated sin. You conquered death and the grave. And we can have hope now and for all of eternity. God, we just give you thanks. We give you thanks. The blood of Jesus. I just pray right now for every viewer, every home right now. Would you pray with me? Jesus, repeat after me. Jesus, I plead the blood of Jesus over my life. I plead the blood of Jesus over my children. I plead the blood of Jesus over our homes, over our vehicles, over our clothing, over everything, God. We, we place our trust and our hope only in the blood that was shed by our Lord and Savior, Jesus. It is our only hope. It is our only faith. It is our only prayer is that Jesus be glorified and his blood cover us completely. Father, I pray as Jesus prayed and taught us to pray that may your kingdom come. Your kingdom is here and your kingdom is coming. May your kingdom come and your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. There's power in prayer. There's power in prayer. And I just want to continue praying. Would you pray with me? I want to pray for our ECC family members right now who are struggling, who have lost their jobs, who's not sure when their next paycheck is coming, those who are struggling to make ends meet right now, those who are scared and those who are lonely and those who are sick. And right now, would you just join me in faith that by the name of Jesus and the power, his power alone, Father, that you would lift their burdens as they come to you, that you would make the weak strong, that you would bring such healing, healing of their minds, healing of their bodies, healing of their emotions, and healing of their spirits, God. Right now, would you just even transfer through the audio and technical devices, and would you meet them? Would they experience your presence in a whole new and fresh way? Father, we thank you for this crisis because it draws our eyes on the author of our faith and the giver of hope. And we fix our eyes on you. 
We do not lose hope. We do not fear the plagues or the pestilence flying around through day. We don't fear when thousands fall at our side. We don't fear even when we ourselves get sick because we know you are in control, God. You are stronger than COVID-19. You are more powerful than any virus that lurks in the air. And so right now, I want us all, as the body of Christ, to lift up Dr. Um, is it uh, Dr. M- what is it again? Manser, Dr. Jeff Manser and his family. Dr. Manser is a, a pediatrician in Wilmington and uh, he is fighting for his life with COVID. And so right now, if you could even just raise your hands right here, right where you are. Right now we plead the blood of Jesus over Jeff. We plead the blood of Jesus over his wife and their kids. And Father, I'm asking, I'm asking that you do a miracle. I'm asking you strengthen his body, his organs, his lungs. And Father, that this pneumonia and that this COVID-19 would have to bow in the name of Jesus. You believe and tremble, demons, and you have to leave in the name of Jesus. Father, we just ask that you would just meet Jeff. From what I'm told, he loves you and serves you. And so would you meet him right, right where he's at? Be with the physicians. Protect them, God. But Lord, we, just, we, we place our faith in you alone. But we expect such good and such power and such transformation to come out of this. And all of our loved ones and friends here and listening who know someone who's struggling with the sickness and with the virus right now, we just plead the blood of Jesus. And we ask you, Father, to put this virus in the grave. In Jesus' name, I pray for all the medical and healthcare staff and employees right now putting their lives on the line, all of our first responders. God, would you cover them with your blood, cover them with your protection, cover them with your favor in Jesus' mighty name. May we find contentment and peace in you alone. Thank you for every single person who's tuning in. And Jesus, would you just make yourself known to them? Whatever they're facing, whatever they're experiencing, God, make yourself known. You say that if you be lifted up, you will draw all people to you. And so we lift you up in our hearts. We lift you up right now in our homes. Parents, if your kids aren't going crazy yet, would you just put your hand on your your child and just say the blood of Jesus over my children? The blood of Jesus. And every chance you get today and this week when you hold your family and loved ones, just plead the blood of Jesus and thank him for what he's done. We all pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for praying with me. Thanks for joining us. My name's uh, Pastor Phil Nelson. And uh, I, just, I just want 
me and you, just to seek the Lord for the, the next 15 to 20 minutes. I think the beauty of the Church of Christ, the beauty of the body of Christ, of all the believers, is that we're made up of all different wirings, genetic codes, backgrounds, experiences, denominations, uh, beliefs, philosophies, hurts and pains, we're, we're, we're all different. Even political views in the body of Christ were different. And what you perceive with this crisis is probably different than another believer, even in ECC family. And that's okay. I want to let you know that I have spoken to several um, doctors and nurses in the medical field so that I could bring you accurate information. And I just want to let you know, I don't know where you stand with all of this, and that's okay. And I don't want to project fear because that is not what we're called to. But this virus is real, and the hurt and the panic and the pain that it's causing is real. The financial impact and loss is real. The stress of all of our medical staff, healthcare, any, uh, the people who are going out on essential jobs, the risks are real and the stress is very high. So for those of us who are able to stay home, we need to pray for those who are out and carrying on so that we can see through this. This is real. And I just want us to take this seriously. I believe we as Christians are to look different than the world. And you look at the media, whether or not it's exaggerating or making it more than what it is, we don't know. But when you talk firsthand to people who are struggling and facing this, and you see Dr. Uh, Manzer um, struggling, this, this becomes close to home. And um, friends, uh, the way that this spread is going, it's not going to get it's not going, it's going to get worse before it gets better. Uh, we do believe that God is in control, but we're seeing this, this wave and this increase of people being impacted by it. And yes, we don't want to live by fear. We want to live by faith. But can I give you a different perspective here this morning? When Jesus was in the wilderness before he started his ministry... He was tempted by the devil. He was tempted to show his sonship, his power, his ability to bring heaven to earth. And he waited till Jesus was weak, fatigued, hungry, alone, and completely, uh, completely, um, I'm trying to think of the word, uh, desperate. He was desperate. And so the devil came to him and said, if you're the son of God, turn these stones into bread. You can do it. You have the power. We even see Jesus in his ministry turning uh, water into wine. If he can turn water into wine, he sure can take stones and turn them into bread. 
And Jesus says, no, man doesn't eat by bread alone, but every word that comes from God. So he's focused on God's word. Then the devil takes him to a cliff, a mountainside, and says, show me. Show me that you truly are the Messiah. Just step over the cliff. You know that you're angels, and your father will catch you. You know what Jesus could have done? He could have said, devil, to hell with you. I'm not afraid of you. I'm not living in fear because I know my father will catch me, and so watch me. I will fall. He had every right to. But you see, he didn't walk in pride saying that he wasn't afraid, and so he would just jump. And for us, we're not to fear the pestilence. We're not to be afraid when we go where we need to go. But friends, can we use wisdom like Christ used in the desert and say man's not to put God to a foolish test? You're not invincible. God is. But he's asking you to use the wisdom that he's given you, not just for your protection and your health, but others. Guys, this virus is airborne. It can stay in the air for three hours. Someone just expelling it through their breath or a cough or a sneeze can transfer to you. Let's be wise. The blood of Jesus covers us, y'all. But let's be wise. Last week, I talked about the Passover. Here's the really incredible thing that the Lord brought to my attention this week. So when the spirit of death, the angel of death, was going to pass through Egypt... God spoke to his people and said, if you do this, the spirit of death will pass over your homes. What were the things that he commanded them to do? There's three. Number one is to sacrifice a spotless lamb. Then to take the blood and put it over the doorpost so that when the angel passed over, or the angel went to their homes, they would see the blood of the lamb and they would pass over. Number two, they were to cook the lamb and to eat all of it with urgency. With urgency. Third thing, guess what? They stayed in their homes. They did not go out flaunting it and expecting God to protect them into the village or the town or the city of Egypt. They stayed in their homes, and they focused on God's favor and protection, and they hoped in what God said he would do, which is deliver them from bondage, lead them to the promised land. So friends, can we take heed from the Israelites? Can we place the blood of the sacrificial lamb, Jesus Christ, that takes away the sins of the world upon our hearts, upon our children, upon our family, and upon our homes. Many of you, I've heard, you're putting red ribbons or something outside of your door at home. That's great as a symbolism, as a, 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 a reminder of the blood of Jesus that covers us and our homes. But number two, are you eating and dwelling and focusing on God? Or are you just binge-watching TV all day and all night? Are you dwelling with your family and focusing on your blessings? 
And number three, stay home. Stay home. If not for you, for the benefit of others. They say two, uh, several weeks where these, the virus can be in our system without any symptoms. And so we're going to take care of everyone. And that is why um, for Good Friday, we're planning to do a drive-in service at 7 o'clock and 8 o'clock to where you and your family stay in your cars. You can bring your communion elements or we will hand you um, a sterile uh, bag with uh, prepackaged communion elements. However, I just want to be open and transparent to you. We are waiting for an FM transmitter to come in the mail. You know, shipping is slow now. And if that doesn't come in, we will probably do Facebook Live. Since this is airborne, guys, we just want to love and protect and care for every single person. So just stay tuned on our Facebook page. The blood of Jesus over our hearts. Feed on God's word. Feed on truth. Don't feed on Facebook, unless it's the daily devotional and things that we're doing that edify one another and lift Jesus up. And stay in your homes, please. So we're in this Leverage series. And uh, the first week of Leverage, you'll be on your TV screen, I believe, is all about leveraging the season and all that comes our way through our, here's the leverage, through our trust in the Lord. Your trust in the Lord. To do exceedingly above, immeasurably more than all we could ask or think. That's what God wants to do when our hope and our trust is in him. Leverage too is we looked at the lever, the, the only hope for our eternal home, but also for us here now because of sin is Jesus's blood. Jesus's blood. If you did not hear that message, I really encourage you to go to last week's message. The blood of Jesus is the only leverage that we will ever have in front of the almighty judge, the father who cannot tolerate nor be in the presence of sin. And Jesus's blood covers all sin. Today, I'd like for us to just look at the third leverage point, and it simply is this, the leverage of our hope, our hope fueled by our faith in Jesus Christ. That hope, my prayer, is that that leverage of hope will be the wind in your sails that lead us onward into God's purposes for our lives. It's not going to be a bed of roses. It's just, I mean, this is going to be a difficult season. Some may fall ill. Some may have a very difficult time. Things in this fallen world go wrong, okay? They go wrong, but where our hope lies is where our anchor sits. Where our hope lies is where our anchor holds us down. Where is your hope? Is your hope in the news media? I sure hope not. Is your hope in what others think and what others say? Is your hope in your wealth? Well, that is going to be challenged. Is your hope in your job? That might be a wake-up call for many. 
Is your hope in the person you're married to? Or is the hope in your children, your possessions? Where your hope lies, it's that what you're going to be anchored to. And it's that which is going to hold you in times of crisis. And we know that anything but the foundation of Jesus Christ, his death and resurrection and soon return, any foundation is shifting sand and it is not going to endure the storm. And so I just, I literally just wanna take a few more minutes and read a couple scriptures to you so that we understand what hope is and how hope is implemented and applied to our lives. Romans chapter five, verses one through 11. I'm gonna break it up, but I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. So please, if you, uh, if you have a chance, uh, go to your phone or uh, go to your, uh, the Bible that you have and turn to Romans chapter five. And it's all about faith and hope. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight, do you know that you've been made right in God's sight by faith in Jesus? We have peace. There is peace right now in this season because of our faith in Jesus, of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us because of our faith. Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. First and foremost, we need to look at faith. Many of us may think faith and hope are the same. They're not. They're related, but they're not the same. Faith is this. Faith is a tangible response to a spiritual reality. Faith is a tangible response to a spiritual reality. We see in Hebrews 11.1, 1, says, now faith is the confidence of what we hope for and the assurance of what we do not see. So faith is the tangible response to a spiritual reality. So let's look at verse three in Romans, in Romans 5. Look at that, shall we? We can rejoice too when we run into problems and crises and trials, for we know that these things help us develop endurance. You're developing endurance right now. And endurance develops strength of character. Have you seen it in the past couple weeks? Have you seen God bring that strength as you trust in him? And that character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. Not confident hope of prosperity and everything going right. It's the confident of hope of Christ having the power to save us through his blood and his resurrection. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. Are you disappointed? Are you discouraged? Focus on the hope of salvation that comes through Jesus because it says it will not lead to disappointment or discouragement. Continue on. For we know how dearly God loves us 
Do you know that this hope found in Jesus is only due due to the fact that God loves us? Period. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit, his presence, to fill our hearts with his love. You see, we can put the blood of Jesus over the doorpost of our homes and our hearts, but it's the Holy Spirit, the presence of God that seals us and assures us that what God has promised through Jesus will be fulfilled. Hope, then, if faith is the the, the tangible response to a spiritual reality, then hope is this, a confident expectation that naturally stems from faith. Hope is a confident expectation that naturally stems from faith. Hope is also a peaceful assurance that something that hasn't happened yet will indeed happen. And from that we see in Romans 8, 24, that hope that is seen is no hope at all. It's not hope, it's a reality now. A physical reality, it's happened already. You don't have to hope in it. Hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? So what do you and I, as believers, have hope for? There's two areas. Number one is the blessed ultimate hope that when we leave this body in whatever way we do, when we leave this earthly body, that we eternally will live, our spirits will take on a new body and will live in the fullness of Christ Jesus forevermore. That is the ultimate hope, that Jesus said he will return and he will bring us to our eternal home to rule and to reign with him. But there's also another hope that you can experience right now. And it's the hope for your daily needs. It's a daily hope that is grounded in Christ Jesus in all his fullness and all that he provides for you. In all things, Romans 8, in all things, not all things are good, but in all things God works together for good for those who are called according to his promises. There's purpose. Those who love him and are called according to his purpose. This is hope that he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. That's our hope. That he will never fail us. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. Do you believe that? Do you believe that, that your weakness He is in your weakness, he is strong. And he uses our weakness to show his power and his strength. And when we are weary and heavy laden, he says, come to me. I'll take it and I'll be with you. And 1 Peter 5 says, cast all your anxieties on him for he cares for you. Our God is an ever-present God. Why? Because Jesus made a way for our hearts and our lives to be the temple in which which God, through the Holy Spirit, 
dwells, rules, and reigns. That's good news. Growing up in the 80s, my favorite show had to be MacGyver. Those of you who don't know MacGyver, I'm so sorry, you need to watch reruns on YouTube. MacGyver was the man. <laughs> and he could get out of any situation. Now, granted, this was TV, but he could get out of any situation with seven supplies. MacGyver had seven things with him at all times. Number one, he was this, had a Swiss Army knife, gum, <laughs> shoestrings, matches, paper clips, birthday candles, and all men, well, and women who love MacGyver, say it with me, and last but not least, he used duct tape. You can do anything with duct tape, right? I can do all things through duct tape. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> through Christ who gives me strength. But duct tape, man, is an awesome, awesome tool. Why do I mention this to you? <laughs> is because I believe during this crisis and during this time, I believe that God wants to teach us to be spiritual MacGyvers. I really do. Because what MacGyver did is he used what he had to develop a way to get through it. And he was always working not for himself, but the benefit of others. He was providing safe passage, and he was... He was um, rescuing people from harm. And we as spiritual MacGyvers have three things in our spiritual tool belt. We do have the armor of God, but for this message, we have faith, hope, and love. We have faith. It's that tangible confidence in a spiritual reality and the hope is a confident expectation that what is not seen yet will come to pass. And love is the love that only the Father can give through his Son, Jesus. How might you be a spiritual MacGyver in navigating your way through this crisis and the questions and the trials and the hurts that come your way? How might you use your faith and your hope to love others and to bless others and to shine your light? The first week we talked about not living in fear, but living in faith, not being selfish, but being sacrificial and not hiding our light, but shining it for everyone to see. That's what faith will do to our hope and our hope fan and fuel our love. Isn't that amazing? I love that. And so I want to leave you with two more scriptures and the band can uh, lead us into some more worship as we seek the Lord. Isaiah 40, Isaiah 40 says this in verse 28 through 31. Isaiah 40. He gives power to the weak. I'm so thankful. And strength to the powerless. Would you even read that aloud with me? He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired, and young men will fall into exhaustion. But those 
who trust in the Lord will find new strength. Say that again with me. Those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. And they will walk and not faint. Can I, can I ask you, friends, family, loved ones, can, can I just ask, where's, where's your hope? Are you displaying and experiencing a hope that causes you to soar on wings like eagles? To run and not grow weary? To walk and not faint? Or are you feeling, rather than soaring, are you feeling like you're just being pelted by the attacks of everything going on? And you're weighted down with fear and anxiety? Are you weary? You burdened? Are you exhausted? Are you fainting? You feel like you have nothing left? Are you completely empty? The Lord wants to renew your strength, but it is only through your hope, your faith in Christ. Hope that he will give you the strength you need for today. And the ultimate blessed hope is when all of this fades and it's going to, that Jesus will be waiting to welcome us home. We have such a blessed hope. And I'd like to, if you would give me permission, I would like to right now just speak to you from the passage of Romans, chapter 15, verse 13. May the God of hope May the God of hope fill you with all joy and all peace in believing. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Friends, say that with me. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Abound in hope, my friends. Abound in the hope that he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. And Jesus is going to have the final say, friends, and we are on the winning team. The enemy is defeated, and that is how we fight our battles. Amen? Amen. I'm just going to pray a blessing over you that above and below you, before and behind you, in every eye that sees you, Christ, Jesus, be all around you. That the hope that Jesus gives would go above and below you, before you and behind you, on every side and every eye that sees you. Christ, be all around you. May he be which, be that which we cast all of our fears and anxieties. May you find everything that you need in him. 
because all your fountains are in Jesus. Worship with us. God bless you. Be filled with hope. Be faith. Be filled with faith and abound in love. God bless you. Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. If you'd like to go deeper with another resource from our church, please check out our weekly impact Bible study podcast as well. Both of our weekly podcasts are available on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud.